This is the Frontier of Finance, the podcast that covers the hottest new funds and important milestones of marquee funds in Canada. On the Frontier, we go directly to the source, interviewing portfolio managers, executives, and sales leaders at the top asset management firms. Stay on top of the latest innovations, react to market trends, and make better investment decisions for your clients. I'm your host, James Rockwood, and I'm welcoming you to the Frontier of Finance. Today, on our final episode of our second season, we are joined by an industry expert, Jock Prevost. Jock is a first vice president of global fixed income at CIBC Asset Management. He specializes in active corporate bond management applied to both asset-only and asset liability portfolios. Jock, it's great to have you on the frontier. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, James. Thank you. This is a really interesting economic time, and I think it's changed a lot from our last episode. So... I'd like to dive into some of the current events going on right now. How are rising interest rates and the threat of a recession influencing decisions as asset managers are bringing new products or funds to the market? Very good question. I'd like to start by breaking that into the two parts. First, rising interest rates. As you know, they're very detrimental to bonds. So higher yields mean lower bond prices. And the longer the term bonds term to maturity, uh, the more the price falls. So if we use an example of a 10-year bond with a maturity of 2032, a 1% increase in interest rates causes the price of that bond to fall 8%. And this year, we've seen rates rise more than 3% from their lows of just about a year and a half ago. So when you really look at it, that means a 10-year bond has already suffered a 24% roughly capital loss. So interest rates, they've been, you know, this is the worst we've seen in decades. And interest rates may yet still be uh, increasing going forward as, you know, we have 7% inflation here in Canada and 8% or 8.3% that we just saw released from the U.S. today. Now, moving on to the second part, recessions. Well, they usually cause a lot of pain for risky assets like stocks and equities and, well, even crypto, I guess. And they are negative for high yield and investment grade credits. So if we look at the market today, we aren't in a recession yet. Therefore, when we think about bringing new products to markets, you know, we need to think about we are heading into a recession and that interest rates can uh, go up higher. And then on that front, as far as kind of time to build ideation of a product to bring it to market and then knowing that if you've got a, what would you say is the typical time it takes from an idea of, hey, this could solve an issue in the market or this could, could fill a gap or it could you know, be another uh, offering within a, a relatively open space in one sort of economic environment. How long does it take to bring that product to market? And then how do you embed, I guess, any sort of mitigation or risk mitigation between sort of the economy and the space and the market you have when the idea is happening and everything's formed and as you're getting everything ready to when you're actually launching it? In a, in a product itself, sort of irrespective of, of how it's trying to position itself, whether it's more conservative or not? 
I mean, we've been working on this new product for, you know, not quite a year. And so it does take a lot of time to get all the groups, uh, you know, so we have a credit committee, we have a risk committee, uh, we have the investment committee, let's say, all those uh, different divisions have all to come together. And then, you know, you have compliance and legal that needs to, uh, you know, formulate the, the investment policy for this type of product. And so, but when we designed it, it is designed with enough flexibility and because it's not traditional that you know we expect that this product this portfolio that we're putting together will perform in all kinds of different markets and we have strategies that are in place so that if interest rates are rising then you know one of the strategies will take advantage of that if credit spreads are are, are rising as well then one strategy uh, we'll take advantage of that. And vice versa, if we find, you know, interest rates have peaked and they're starting to come down, then we have a strategy that will take advantage of that. And similarly, if we find credit spreads and high yields and, and those type of assets, uh, the spreads are narrowing, then we have a strategy that will basically take advantage of that. So hence, you know, the the resiliency of this product. And I guess you can say the multi-directional that it can take. And that's completely different than a traditional fixed income portfolio, which as you know, are usually long only. And so rising interest rates usually affect it and rising spreads usually are detrimental to them as well. With everything going on, a lot of what we've been covering on the frontier has been new asset classes or new takes on asset classes and access to to additional products. What do you think that the role of of new and then we can I'm happy to get into the alternative credit strategy, but just more on the traditional fixed income. Do you think there's still market for new products in that space? Do you think that's a place space that's relatively saturated and now we're looking for access to new products instead? Like I'm just curious to get your take on the traditional fixed income portfolio is, is that sort of played out and, and what's available is available or do you see more opportunity in there? Well, you know, the traditional portfolio has usually had an asset mix of about 60% stocks and 40% bonds. And the purpose of that 40% fixed income was so that if stocks go down, then the fixed income will usually buoy it. They'll go, uh, a little less, suffer a little less, or in some cases, traditionally fixed income has added some returns while stocks are down. And that's still very much the traditional uh, asset mix today. And then for, you know, the older crowd that's, let's say, nearing retirement or just post-retirement, that traditional asset mix have said that every time, every five years, let's say past your retirement, one should reduce uh, stocks by 5% and increase the fixed income portion by that uh, 5%. Now, the problem is that that 60-40 portfolio is down 20% this year. And so owning the bonds uh, has not mitigated the loss. In fact, you know, bonds have contributed to the loss. 
And that's part due because we come from extremely low interest rates that uh, essentially bonds had nowhere to go but to go higher. So I think if we're introducing new asset classes, I think it has to be away from that typical 60-40, something that is not correlated to traditional stocks, not correlated with traditional bonds. And then that new asset will have that mitigating factor that uh, investors are looking for. And so, yeah, I would say this is an additional asset class that should replace uh, some of your 60-40. Which part of the 60-40, you know, we'll leave that up to your financial advisor, depending on your risk needs and where you are in uh, your cycle to savings. So, The point of this new fund is that, you know, regardless of whether interest rates rise or falling, our credit spreads narrow or widen, you should get a a return on this. And that's just not in traditional fixed income. And for that matter, you know, it's it's not correlated with uh, stocks as well. So definitely an addition to your asset mix. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And so the fund we're talking about uh, that's that's coming up is the CIBC Alternative Credit Strategy. And I'd love to know a bit about, it's a fixed income solution. The term alternative credit might be unfamiliar to listeners. Can you explain what it means? And I think you've talked a bit about how it relates or or kind of the impact it has, that flexibility. But I'd love to get a little bit of a definition just so that people can really understand the difference between it and your standard fixed income. Sure. I mean, the alternative credit fund, I mean, so essentially, we're going to be multi-sector and multi-strategy, credit strategy. So if we think about it, you know, what are multi-credit sectors? Uh, well, you know, they'll include the, the traditional fixed income, but to that, will there'll be a high-yield component, leverage loans, there'll be preferred shares, and those are just not what's in a traditional investment-grade fund. Usually, they also include, let's say, provincial and federal bonds. And those are the things, although this fund will be able to purchase, but you know, typically, those haven't been high uh, rewarding types of investments. Now, with regards to the strategies, um, a typical traditional fixed income is a long-only fund. This fund will be a, a long-short in investment strategies where manager, you know, for instance, we can, if we like a security, uh, a particular one, and our credit research group finds another one that, uh, you know, is very, uh, looks like it's going to be deteriorating, we'll be able to go long one credit, short another credit, or in this case, we can leverage up a really good credit and then short the underlying government or sovereign credit in the ability to uh, remove some of the interest rate risks that are posed. And so in, in those circumstances, you know, we can extract uh, the, diff- the performance difference between those two positions. Ultimately, both alternative sectors and strategy, you know, we basically aim to provide higher returns with low correlation to, you know, uh, interest rates, credit direction than the traditional fixed income core. And if, if I'm an advisor, 
who's this fund for? How should I position it to to my clients? Again, I think you know anyone who invests in fixed income right now, um, this fund is geared for them. In the, in essence, that you know we were looking for typical fixed income type return but significantly less risk range and risk metrics. So again, depending on um, where you are in in your life cycle and investment savings, that will determine how much of this fund that you should be uh, invested in. That makes a ton of sense. I, I I think too, as you're thinking through like a position, you spoke about this a little bit more. But is this a, is this a core? Is this a, a, a satellite? You know, you're obviously trying to reduce uh, correlation equity markets, and you're adding that flexibility into the structure that you built. Do you see this as a way to sort of mitigate that that overall correlation that portfolios tend to have in that traditional sixty forty split? Absolutely. Uh, this funding, you know, should have low correlation to all those things you just mentioned. In fact, you know, the the investment objectives here is basically we're looking at cash plus three or four percent over the medium term. So the fact that you know we're targeting cash kind of in and of itself speaks to the fact that you know this should have a low correlation with traditional fixed income and and other asset classes. That's awesome. I think that's really, as you hear more and more, there's always that sort of risk that people talk about of fixed income and equities being so correlated. And that, you know, fixed income has equity risk is a standard line that a lot of people talk about. And so trying to provide people with access to lower correlated fixed income um, to try to break that cycle, I think is a really interesting and, and goes to a general trend we're seeing in the market where Many, many, many new products are targeting, whether it's private credit or they're targeting new types of investments, more um, sort of bets on things that aren't full, you know, tech bets, for example, and you might invest in the infrastructure around technology. Um, Ways to to get flavors of things without necessarily driving a ton of correlation across the whole portfolio. And so I think it's super exciting when you're thinking through how to reduce that uh, correlation with a client's portfolio and be able to explain to them something that I think is 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 an easier concept for people to understand than many products uh, can have out there. And as you're trying to explain that to a client, and as I'm an advisor, I think that tr- that perfectly kind of blends into the next question, which we always love to ask, which is how can advisors use this fund to grow their business? Again, you know, we harker back to that traditional fixed income, that 60-40 portfolio. Uh, anyone you know that is in those kind of strategy, I think this is a perfect fit for them. Again, for many of the same reasons that you've mentioned, because we've worked very diligently in creating a product that is uncorrelated with those current strategies right now. So, you know, uh, I an allocation from the 60-40 to this fund, an allocation from cash to this fund, I think makes a lot of sense. And I'd imagine many advisors have those clients in those strategies now. So if you're looking for somebody who's really, you know, in, in that position, I think this is a great, great way to 
easy way for an advisor to think through their book of business, think through their clients and say, okay, who's potentially in this position? How can I go in to be able to talk to them and show, hey, I'm listening to you, or this is something I think is going to get out ahead of risk that we might have, or this is a great use for your cash. I think that's a really helpful way to think about it. Yeah. And, and you know, this strategy should reduce the volatility of returns for an advisor's clients. And, you know, that's an important strategy. You know, we don't expect it will have extremely high uh, returns, but then it's not going to have extremely high losses. So it's going to be a mitigating factor to their traditional 60-40 or 70-30 or, you know, 30-70 that the, the advisor currently has. And then thinking through that, I mean, considering, okay, ultra volatility now, we talked about it, we've got equities down, we've got fixed, we've got uh, interest rates going up, we've got inflation, we've got a, a pending potential recession, There's certainly a lot of view on it. What's your team's longer term view on the market just beyond sort of the immediate uh, terrifying components or the immediate sort of uh, alarming signs? Beyond that, what, what, what are your, what's your view? Well, that's a really good question. Uh, first of all, the central banks have got quite a bit of task ahead of them to bring inflation down to almost universally accepted 2% across all jurisdiction. I, for one, you know, long-term wouldn't bet against a central bank. I think uh, in the medium term, it would be a, a difficult struggle, but I think long-term they will get their inflation back down to 2%. So you got to think, you know, asset makes asset returns in the context of, you know, where we were been prior to COVID, which was almost two decades with about a 2% interest rate. So I think we will return long-term back to that environment and that investment environment, but it's going to take some time to get there. And from here to there, there's going to be a lot of volatility and there will probably be uh, still quite a bit of pain um, ahead of us. There's a really encouraging start to your answer. (laughs) (laughs) We should just get that on loop and we can, you know, be able to send that around on on TikTok or something. I'm sure we get a lot of views. (laughs) Second half, though, makes a lot of sense. Still a lot of pain to come, but it'll be okay in the end. That's really neat. I think... This is an awesome overview of of the alternative credit strategy. I'm super excited to continue to cover off how people are trying to tackle this, I think, realization in the market that that people are coming to of there's a ton of correlation. Most companies aren't public. How are we going to be able to provide our clients with new ways to achieve their financial goals? And I just think it's a super exciting time right now in asset management and in the products that are coming to market, this being a perfect example of that and what we're trying to cover on the frontier. As we're thinking through this, are there any other interesting investment offerings that CIBC Asset Management has launched or is exploring at the moment? Well, again, keeping to that theme of you know diversification, resiliency, defensiveness and, you know, as important or more importantly, low correlation to current assets, you know, we're looking at uh, bringing a uh, emergent market debt fund in the near future as well. You know, those are typically 
not correlated with the domestic uh, fixed income market. So we're really excited about uh, bringing that fund as well. That's amazing. I always like to have some breaking uh, breaking news on uh, on the, the the podcast. So I really appreciate that. It sounds like again continuing that that need continuing to drive there. I think it's such an open space for asset managers to create product that's ultimately going to help a lot of people meet their financial goals in different ways. Give them new strategies, new opportunities to do that. Different takes on the same. So that's uh, that's amazing. Well, look, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for speaking about this. I think it's, again, super exciting following a great trend and something we're, we're excited to continue to track. Well, thank you for inviting me. We, are, uh, we worked really hard on to bring this project. We are very excited and uh, we believe it will uh, capture a niche in the market that has been missing. So thank you very much. The market is becoming increasingly aware of the correlation between fixed income and equities. As a result, we're now seeing a significant trend in reducing this correlation. Most of the funds we've covered this season, whether private credit, crypto, or alternatives like venture capital and private equity, have used accessing new and non-correlated markets to provide this. The CIBC Alternative Credit Strategy uses a more flexible and nimble structure to reduce this correlation. Given the tough market we are in now, this couldn't be better timed. Speaking to correlation could offer up a basis for conversation on your next check-in to show you're keeping up with markets and the latest solutions. Embedding this with more holistic advice can help boost trust and impact your client's financial success. Once again, I'd like to thank Jock for sharing his perspective on a fixed income strategy solution and offering up his expertise and insights on what the CIBC Asset Management team is working on today. If you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to us using your favorite podcast platform. See you next time on The Frontier.